Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're okay. Hope that you're um, in good form, wherever you are, whatever you're doing at this particular moment. Uh, Welcome back to another uh, episode of this award-winning podcast. That's right, it is an award-winning podcast, Um, just in case you didn't already know that. I thought I'd just, you know, mention it, maybe remind you. Um, Sometimes I mention that the podcast has won awards in a slightly tongue-in-cheek way. I say tongue. Do you know what tongue in cheek means? If you if you do something tongue in cheek, or if you do something in a tongue in cheek way, it means that you're not completely serious. You're kind of slightly. You're doing it in a slightly self conscious, um, maybe slightly ironic way. So sometimes I say on the podcast, "Welcome to this award winning podcast." I'm being a bit tongue in cheek, but also I'm I'm kind of not as well. To an extent, I'm sort of blowing my own trumpet too. Um, just in case you didn't know, the podcast has won several awards. Um, I won, well, it's the same award. I've just won it three times. The Macmillan Dictionary Award for Best Blog, which is quite ironic because it's not really a blog, is it? It's a podcast. But they don't have an award for Best Podcast, so I suppose I had to just go into the blog category. I suppose you could call Luke's English Podcast or teacherluke.co.uk. It looks a bit like a blog. It operates a bit like a blog. It's just that I post audio stuff there as well. Um, All right. So anyway, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Um, In the last episode, I attempted to explain ways that prepositions are used in English. And to an extent, I failed. Okay. I managed to get across the idea that prepositions are complicated because they're used in combination with other words, and that you had to remember vocabulary in chunks. But the idea was also to present you with some useful lists of preposition collocations. Um, I didn't manage to get to that because I wasn't very well prepared. But this time around, I've done some more preparation. I've spent a, mi- uh, spent a bit more time on it. And so far, uh, for round two, I think that we should get a proper grip on the subject. All right. So we all know that prepositions are one of the most difficult aspects of English grammar and vocabulary. And that's also why it's quite hard to teach prepositions. They don't really conform to easy to teach rules like other aspects of grammar. Instead, it's all about patterns and collocations. So right here and now at the beginning of the episode, let me break it down in a simple way. Okay. Here are some facts about prepositions. So, fact number one, or point number one. A preposition is always followed by a noun or something like a noun. For example, a gerund or a noun phrase. So, it's always fo- prepositions are always followed by nouns. Um, we use prepositions to talk about time, position, and movement. And these are the easy ones. Okay, these are the ones that you always learn in the first few pages of any kind of elementary or intermediate um, English course book. These are the prepositions of time, position, and movement. For example, the cat is on the chair. On, in that case, describing the position of the cat. The mouse is under the table. The monkey's on the branch. 
all that kind of thing. I'll see you on Sunday at three o'clock. Okay. The train went into the the train went into the station, for example. Okay. Those are all um, uh, prepositions of place and time. The monkey fell out of the tree. There you go. The cat jumped off the chair, etc. Okay. So these are the easy ones because the prepositions seem to have specific meanings of their own, and they don't change depending on which noun or verb you're using. You can always use those prepositions and they'll always mean the same thing to describe um, time, uh, position, movement, and so on. So those are the easy prepositions. And I'm not going to go into those. I think that you'll probably, you've probably got those things. You know that we say, you know, at one o'clock, on Sunday, in the evening, in the morning, at night, at midnight, um, uh, at the weekend, um, in July in 2015, um, in the 1990s, and so on. You probably know all that stuff. But point three, the more difficult part, is the way that we use prepositions to attach nouns to other parts of the sentence. So prepositions tend to collocate with different adjectives, verbs, and and nouns, okay? So we're talking about collocations. For example, we say, he's been accused of murder... So that's accused of. He's been accused of murder. And we also say, I'm accustomed to the smell from the restaurant downstairs. Accustomed to. uh, Accustomed to the smell. And this flat has really good access to the underground station. Have access to something. Um, Okay, so these are all examples of collocations. Accustomed to. um, Accused of. Access to. All right, these are all collocations. Um, What does collocate mean, you might be asking yourselves. You might be thinking, this is all uh, fascinating, Luke, but uh, just why don't you tell me a little bit more about the word collocation? That would be really useful. Okay, then. So, a collocation, or to collocate, uh, it basically means that these words just go together. Okay? They're friends. They always hang out with each other. Why? Uh, Well, that's the difficult thing to explain. Uh, why do we say accustomed to and um, accused of? Why do we have these collocations? Why do these words hang out with each other? It's difficult to explain. I would actually say at this point, try not to focus on the individual meanings of prepositions. Um, instead, you should try and focus on the way that they just collocate with other words. Just the fact that these words go together and that's it. Okay. Um, so you need to just try and learn those words together. So don't just learn the word accuse on its own, but also learn the phrase to accuse someone of something, okay? Don't just learn, for example, the word doubtful, but learn the phrase doubtful about, okay? Um, Don't just learn the word comply, but also learn the phrase to comply with, like to comply with tax law, for example. Also, the noun compliance. So when you learn the verb, you should try and think, what's the noun? What's the adjective here? And are there different collocations with the nouns and adjectives? So to comply with, but the noun is compliance, and the phrase is to be in compliance with. So you have to comply with the law, you have to be in compliance with the law. Okay? Um, So it's not just about learning individual words, but learning all of the other words that go with, with them. So all the collocations. So when I talk about on the podcast... Um, learning English in chunks or or phrases or patterns, that's what I mean. It's not a question of learning individual 
words but a question of learning all the collocations that go with those words and also things like the the word families so what's the verb what's the noun and what's the adjective uh, or even the adverb that relate you know that a part of that word family and other considerations could be uh, how does the word stress change okay so when you learn new words try and learn the world of that word so the collocations the different um, parts of speech and the different uh, pronunciations that you get across those parts of speech okay i realize that adds challenge that you end up not just learning one word but you learn a few you you have to learn a few so you're adding challenge there i suppose but on the other hand you could think to yourself this is the this is the really effective way of learning vocabulary you, you remember that words don't exist on their own in isolation, but they always go in gangs, okay? Words like to hang around in groups, in gangs. So you've got to try and get to know the whole group. And then you'll be really multiplying your vocabulary understanding. So if you have a vocabulary notebook, don't just write lists of words with uh, translations. Don't do that. Instead, try to uh, you know, if you've got a new word, if you've found one in a book and you check it in a dictionary, write that word there, but also, you know, focus on the collocations, uh, focus on the different word um, uh, parts of speech and write examples as well. And then when you go back through your word list in order to remember these words, don't just um, don't just repeat them one after after the other. Try not to do that. Instead, you need to try and attach meaning to all, all of these words. And you can do that by using example sentences. You can take example sentences from the dictionary. You can also Google them, Google the words. Like um, you could just Google the, the word you're looking for and see what results come up. Sometimes you will get uh, sentences containing those, those words. Um, if you Google words using the normal Google search bar, you'll probably get definitions from different dictionaries online. If you type the word define, and then colon, and then the phrase that you're looking for in speech marks, you'll probably get a definition of that phrase. So if you're looking for comply with, you need, don't just write define comply with. Define colon, and then comply with in speech marks, and that will give you a definition of that specific phrase, okay? Now, if you're looking for example sentences, particularly ones from current affairs, what you could do is instead of using the normal Google search bar, you just use Google News and you type the word or phrase that you're looking for into Google News. And then you'll get a bunch of extracts from news stories that contain those phrases. And then you can see the words being used in context. That's quite a good way of checking for collocations and checking for standards of usage, because in some cases, um, these words tend to be used in negative forms or they're often used in continuous forms or passive forms. So it's worth investigating new words uh, a little bit more carefully sometimes. I suggest that you do that. Okay, so that was point three, which is that um, basically prepositions collocate with other words. And point four is that uh, prepositions can be hard to hear because of the way they're pronounced. So I gave you a few examples there, which was um, which were... What were the examples I gave you? He's been accused of murder. Now, you might not hear of in that sentence. He's been accused of murder because of sounds like of, and it links with the word accused. So you end up with accused of, dove, basically, dove. Now, you might not have learned 
or you might not expect the word of to be pronounced dove. Um, he's been accused of murder. Okay. So the point is that prepositions can be hard to hear because of the way they're pronounced. They're not usually the meaning words in sentences. So what are the meaning words in sentences? Usually a sentence will contain certain uh, big words or words that carry the principal meaning. And those are the ones that are pronounced fully or properly, particularly the stressed syllable in those meaning words that they will be pronounced quite clearly. The unstressed syllables will probably contain schwa sounds. Um, so prepositions are not usually the meaning words. And so they can be pronounced using weak forms of pronunciation or schwa sounds. For example, accused of murder. It's not accused of murder, but accused of murder because of is not really a meaning word. It's just a sort of grammar word or a glue word or whatever you want to call it. So pay attention to the way prepositions are pronounced by native speakers in fluent speech and just be aware of the fact that you might not be hearing them very clearly when you're listening to native speakers and so they, they could pass you by. Uh, and just consider also the way in which you pronounce prepositions in sentences. Consider uh, the, the natural way that they're pronounced. Okay, so there you have four key points about prepositions and also reasons why they are tricky for learners of English. And they are tricky. I understand. I really do. I appreciate the challenge. I know how difficult prepositions are. Um, I've, I've met so many learners of English in my time as an English teacher, and so many of them have said to me, oh, prepositions, they're, they're the most difficult thing for me. And it's true. They're a huge challenge. So I'd just like to say at this point, I'm sorry. Okay, I'd just like to apologise for prepositions. I would like to apologise on behalf of the Queen, I'd like to apologise on behalf of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I'm, I'm deeply, deeply sorry. Okay, really, I am sorry. This makes life much more difficult for you. But you must get used to it right here and now. Okay, you have to accept that you're now learning phrases, not just individual nouns, verbs and adjectives. And once you've accepted that, then every step that you will take from now on will be in the right direction. Okay, so accept that you're learning collocations and phrases and you will take uh, a step into a much larger, much more fruitful world of English language learning. Okay, so from this point, I'm drawing a line. I'm drawing a line in the sand. And, and on one side of the line, you've got people who learn individual words. And on this side of the line, you've got people who understand that English is a language of phrases, chunks of language, collocations, high frequency word combinations, and so on. Okay, The people on that side of the line, they think that prepositions have individual meanings, which can be applied to all cases. The people on this side of the line understand that prepositions don't necessarily conform to standard rules or standard patterns. Instead, it's just a question of which words they hang out with. Okay. So, dealing with those preposition collocations, it's, it's these, well, as I said, it's these preposition collocations which are the tricky things. Learners of English struggle to know which preposition to use in the right moments, understandably. Sometimes these are influenced by the first language. So maybe your, you know, the way that you use your first language is affecting the way that you use prepositions in English. For example, many French people would say, it depends of. Like, it depends of the cost. Because I think in French it's ça dépend de, which is like, it depends of. And of course, in English, it should be, it depends on the cost. 
And that's a very, very common mistake by French uh, people speaking English. I hear that all the time. Uh, so people out there who use French as a first language, don't say de it depends of anymore, okay? Stop it, all right? So from now on, you, you say it depends on. So it depends of is finished, it's over. It's so last century, it depends of. Now, in the modern world, we all say it depends on. I'm sure it's not just the French. There are probably other people, like maybe Portuguese or Spanish or Italian speakers who do that too. Anyway, it depends on. So watch out for L1 influence, basically. And by L1, I'm talking about the first language. Okay, so you might be thinking to yourselves, okay, this is great information, Luke. Thank you. Genuinely, thank you very much for helping us out with this tricky area of language that you've been promising to deal with for like five years now. But really, thank you. But what can I do as a learner of English? Well, I think I've, I think I've mentioned this already, haven't I? I've written this down in my notes, but I think I've already ad-libbed some, some comments about this. So let me just fly through this section on what you can do. Um, so forgive me if I've already said this, but when you're learning words, don't learn them in isolation. See how they connect with other words in a sentence. Remember the prepositions that go with these other words. This will actually help you to become more fluent as prepositions are actually good transition words. They help you to turn individual words into phrases and then turn those phrases into full sentences. So prepositions are actually your friends in a way once you get to know them. Um, you should also notice when you listen. Just pay attention to the preposition collocations that you hear and try and remember that you might they n might not be obvious because of weak sounds. Um, of course, you should listen a lot and read a lot because eventually a lot of the most common preposition collocations will just go into your subconscious after being exposed to them so many times. In fact, I'm sure that many of you out there are already in this position that you know most of the collocations with prepositions, most of the common ones are probably embedded in your brain now after listening to, well, all the stuff you've listened to in your life and episodes of Luke's English Podcast and other things. Um, so after just simply listening and reading a lot, you'll develop an instinct for the right collocation. Okay. Um, also, you could check out some lists to help you. Um, you could test yourself by looking at some collocation lists. In fact, on the webpage for this episode on teacherluke.co.uk, you will find um, lists of um, adjective, preposition, noun, preposition, and verb preposition combinations. So you, you've got some lists there for you. And when you're trying to learn or test yourselves, what you should do is cover the preposition and try to remember it. So, you know, look at the list and it'll say accuse someone of. You cover up the preposition with your hand or a piece of paper and just try and remember it. Say it out loud. So you say um, accuse, accuse, uh, accuse of. Okay. Say it out loud. Don't just do it in your head. Actually say it out loud. Check your answer. Uh, if you're correct, give yourself a little pat on the back. Well done, me. Say the phrase because it's important that the phrase actually passes through your mouth and across your lips. Say it and then try and make a full sentence. Make sentences, example sentences in different verb tenses in order to practice, okay? You should also make your sentences personalized if you can. Make them meaningful, make them vivid, okay? Bury them deep inside your, your brain. Attach these words and phrases to things that you already know. So talk about your own life experience. 
um, own the language yourself when you're learning it you're not just learning some remote language that's not yours you're not learning a foreign language you're, you're learning a second language okay you can have english i'm giving it to you all right don't feel that this is not your language it is it can be if you're speaking english english is your language it might not be your first one but it's certainly yours so remember that when you pick up a new word or phrase that's yours now you're using it to communicate no one really owns the language no one's got copyright on english it's totally open source so whenever you're learning phrases or just speaking english you're part of a huge international community that shares this language with you all right so um and finally my last point about what you can do to help with prepositions is just listen to luke's english podcast of course especially this episode because i hope that this one is going to be really 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 useful and if it is really useful then let me know okay G give me a comment or something like that show your appreciation you could even if you think it's worthwhile you could send me a donation as well for my time because you know that uh the last time i tried to do an episode on prepositions i tried to do it without preparing I thought this is going to be fine. I've been teaching for a long time. I'll be able to do an episode on prepositions without too much preparation. Um, I'll just wing it. I'll I'll improvise. It'll be okay. And besides, I don't have that much time to devote to this free thing that I'm doing for no money. I'll do, I'll just I'll make it up as I go along. So I tried to do that, but I got about halfway through and I got to the point where I was like, oh god, I need to have lists of collocations now because it's all about collocations, isn't it? And at that point, the thing just kind of ground to a halt. Do you know what that? Do you know that phrase to grind to a halt? That's. I think I always imagine a train when I think of that phrase. Um, when a train stops, it kind of goes. You know, the the gears in uh, the wheels on the tracks and maybe the gears inside the train kind of slowly stop, and there's a sense of it grinding. Uh, to grind. Let's think of a, the meaning of the word grind. If you make coffee, you put coffee beans into a grinder and you grind up the coffee beans. So it's like, you know, the parts of the grinder uh, crush the beans and uh, make it into a powder. Okay. So to grind, you get the sense that uh, it's like parts of a machine uh, moving together and moving tightly together like that to grind to a halt. So it's when a train. Um, slowly stops, you know, like that. That's to grind to a halt. So in my case, uh, my previous prepositions podcast kind of ground to a halt. Um, we were go we were moving quite nicely. We were moving along quite nicely, and then we got to a certain point where I suppose I ran out of fuel. I didn't have any coal left to put into the engine and the the train just just ground to a halt um so what am i saying that basically in order to do these episodes on prepositions i need to spend some time preparing in advance so you know if you feel it within your warm heart to uh, pay me back for the time i've spent uh, helping the world um then uh, you could always send me a, do a donation anyway that's enough that's enough of the donations bit. So, let me explain my approach for this episode of the podcast. In this episode, I'm planning to do this. 
First of all, I've prepared fairly long lists of common collocations with prepositions. So we're looking at verb plus preposition, adjective plus preposition, and noun plus preposition lists. You can check them out on the webpage for this episode if you like. Those lists are really useful in themselves. So this is already an extremely useful resource. Even before you listen to all of this, you could just go on the webpage and look at the lists and that's already super useful. So I'm not just going to read out the lists. I could do that, but let's face it, it would be boring, wouldn't it? If I just read out the lists, that would be a bit robotic and not very interesting to listen to. So instead, what I'm going to try and do, ladies and gentlemen, is I'm going to try and just make up some kind of story. I'm going to completely improvise a story because I think that that is more entertaining and engaging to listen to. So I'm going to try and improvise some kind of story. And during my story improvisation, I'm just going to try and use as many of the preposition collocations as I can. I'll use them in the same order as they appear in the list. And I'm just going to make up a story and and insert the prepositions collocations as I go. So I'll be using phrases like, you know, accuse of, uh, be accustomed to, and so on. Um, Try to notice them, basically. That's your job while you're listening to my stupid story. Try to notice the collocations as I use them. You could, if you want, go through the list. You could, like, look at the list while you're listening and kind of tick them off as you hear them, okay? Uh, And that, for me, if you want to make it more exciting while listening and and, uh, noticing Uh, the prepositions as I'm using them, the preposition collocations. If you want to make it more exciting, you can imagine that you're playing an exciting new game, a learning game which is also fun, and it's called Vocab Hunter. Vocab Hunter. Okay? In Vocab Hunter, what you do is you listen to an episode of Luke's English Podcast, in, in, in specifically this one, in which I have a list of vocabulary that I use in the episode. And you, you look at the list while you're listening. And then when you see a, a piece of vocabulary and you hear me use it, shoot it. Shoot the bit of vocabulary. Point an imaginary gun at the screen or at the piece of paper that you're using and shoot it. Okay? Uh, so you're hunting bits of vocabulary. And then when you've finished, when you've shot them all, you pass your mission if you manage to shoot every single word. Okay? All right, that's just an attempt to make it more exciting. Alternatively, you could just like cross the word out or you could highlight the word or just, you know, make a mental note. No, no, okay, there's another one. Yeah. Oh, there's one. Okay, there's another one. Right, there's another one there. Mm-hmm. So just whatever you want, but try and notice the phrases as I, as I use them. Um, or if you prefer, you could just try to notice them without the list. So listen to the story... Uh, don't uh, look at the list, but just try and notice them uh, on your own, okay, without any support. Um, um, while you're listening to this story, which I haven't even created yet, I've no idea what's going to happen in this story, but when you're listening to it, please do bear in mind that the story is completely made up, okay? Um, the main thing is that I want to keep it fun and interesting, while also presenting some language to you. Um, And I don't have lots of time to prepare, so I'm just going to make up the story. So please remember that the story that you're going to hear me uh, tell is completely made up. All right, so if you're thinking, oh, this isn't a very well-structured story, 
I should have spent more time on that. Just remember that I'm improvising it. And that should actually make it more, I hope, make it more entertaining and interesting because you'll know that it's all just coming off the top of my head. Um, Now, there are three lists, as I said. We've got uh, verb and preposition, adjective and preposition, and noun and preposition lists. Three lists, and they're all, in fact, very long. So I don't know how much I can achieve in one episode. I might just end up dividing this into three stories. This could be part one. So we could have one story for verb and preposition collocations, one for adjective and preposition collocations, and another one for noun and pre- noun and preposition collocations. We will see. And who knows, I could turn it into some kind of series, but don't, don't um, quote me on that, okay? Uh, sometimes I talk about doing series of episodes and then I kind of don't completely follow through. Um, I Saying that, I do remember that I have to finish the series on British slang and I do intend to do that, okay? If you're listening out there and you're thinking, where's the series on British slang, Luke? Well, don't worry, it's coming soon, okay? I haven't forgotten. I will be finishing it. I think I've got to deal with letters N to Z. Um, I'm sure I can deal with that. All right, so three lists... It could become three episodes. We will see. Certainly in this one, you're going to hear verb plus preposition collocations. Um, So once you've... um, Okay, when I've finished, I'll go through the lists and I'll give you a chance to test yourselves. So, for example, I will say... um, I'll just go through the lists and um, say the verb and then leave a little pause and see if you can remember the, the preposition. All right. Okay. This is 25 minutes in. I need to get moving. Although this has been, come on, this has been useful stuff, hasn't it? Okay. I'm going to start the story in a moment. So then um, once I've been through the lists, you can revise by testing yourselves using the lists on teacherluke.co.uk. You can write your own stories using the prepositions and vocabulary, or you could record yourself reading or improvising a story. Don't worry if you can't improvise because that is a different skill altogether. But you should try to produce meaningful sentences using the phrases. It will help you to remember them, okay? Try to make your sentences personalised and very vivid. That will help you to remember them all. Um, So you'll also be picking up vocabulary here from the verbs, adjectives and nouns that collocate with all these prepositions. In fact, you could say this is more uh, a vocabulary episode because really we're looking at Um, things like accuse and admire and uh, uh, other words like borrow and things like that so it's really a a, a vocabulary collocations thing with prepositions added that's just the way it is so you will also be picking up vocab from these collocations Um, if you want if you if you don't know the meaning of the vocab that you are going to come across I think you'll know most of them and it's just a question of remembering the prepositions that collocate with them but if there are some new words then um, you could Google them or look them up in a dictionary if you don't know what they mean. I've already given you some directions on how to Google effectively for new words but I'm not explaining word meanings here. I'm just presenting preposition collocations. Okay? Right, so that's it. Let's now begin with the first story. So in this first part, we're going to deal with um, verb plus preposition collocations. And you could be forgiven for thinking, wait a minute, what's the difference between a verb plus preposition collocation and a phrasal verb? Well, that is a very good question and it's rather complicated to answer, but I'll try and deal with it in a simple way. 
for me, a verb plus preposition collocation is when you have a verb that do, that um, is intransitive. Okay, so a verb that doesn't take an object, um, or a verb that doesn't need an object. And if you want to add an object onto it, then you need to do it with a preposition. Okay, um, so for example, we've got the word to accuse. Now, okay, there's there's like objects and di- an indirect objects. Now you can accuse someone. But if you want to explain the the crime that you accuse that person of doing, then you need to use the word of. So I accuse you of theft, for example. Um, so you can see that the word accuse means the same as it does normally. So the addition of the preposition is only to allow you to add an object. And it doesn't affect the meaning of the, the word accuse. But then if you look at phrasal verbs, in, in one sense... Um, Phrasal verbs are like a, a verb plus preposition or adverb. It's a combination of those two things, and that works as an individual unit of meaning. It's not necessarily just because the verb on its own is is intransitive, but it, because it's a separate unit of meaning. Um, and um, with phrasal verbs, there's a scale of on one end the phrasal verb is very similar to the meaning of the the main verb in the phrase and then at the other end um, you've got idiomatic phrasal verbs where that combination of a of a verb plus let's call it a particle could be a preposition could be an adverb anyway that combination uh, the meaning of it is really quite far removed from just the verb on its own so there's a sense of them having idiomatic meanings as well phrasal verbs but Verb plus preposition. There's no idiomatic meaning. There's no separate meaning. The the addition of a preposition is just for a grammatical purpose. It doesn't lend new meaning to the phrase. Okay, so we're dealing with ways of adding objects to intransitive verbs, and we're not talking about uh, phrases that have different meanings to the to the verbs on their own. Okay, I think that's probably enough in terms of grammar explanations. And let me begin. Uh, by starting this story. Okay, so here we go. Let's imagine. Are you sitting comfortably, ladies and gentlemen? Are you are you in a nice, comfortable position? Okay, then I'll begin. Um, right, let's see. So, so I was sitting there with my eyes closed, just having a little bit of a nap. I was like, oh, I'm a bit tired. I think I'll just close my eyes, have a little bit of a nap. So I started drifting off. And then, you know, when you're when you've been sleeping, when you've been sort of napping, you're just a bit sleepy and you feel like yourself drift away. Well, I started to feel myself drifting away and I was like, oh, I better, I better not fall asleep. So I opened my eyes again and I had a look around me and I realised, oh my God, I'm, where am I? I've no idea where I am. I had a little look around the room and it was like this sort of um, very old looking uh, wood panelled uh, room and uh, there were various people sitting around. It, it was a very serious feeling atmosphere. And I thought, what's going on here? And there was a man s- sitting next to me, going through lots of papers. Um, there were like lots of uh, very big leather-bound books on shelves behind me. Um, very serious kind of atmosphere. On the wall at the back of the room, there was a, a big coat of arms, like a royal uh, coat of arms there, and, a, and like a raised level with uh, two high desks and chairs behind them. And then at that moment, um, someone in the room um, said, um, all rise, please, for Judge, 
uh, what's the name of the judge? Judge Judge G uh, G Arilla. Uh, all rise. And I thought, oh, hello, what's going on here? The guy next to me stood up and he was like, what are you doing? Stand up, stand up. Don't, you got to show respect. I was like, oh, okay. So I stood up, I had a look and uh, the judge arrived and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm in a courtroom. Okay, I'm in a courtroom. This is just context, I thought to myself. Oh, okay, fine. I don't know how I got here. Um, and uh, the, um, the judge sat down, the judge sat down, no, he didn't. The judge sat down and he said um, uh, he said some official sounding things like, we are here, we, we have joined here in the courtroom today uh, in order to hear the case of Mr. L. Johnson. And I thought, Luke Johnson? Oh my God, that must be me. Um, and uh, he said, Luke Johnson, you stand here today accused of theft. And I was like, what? Accused of what? And I turned to the guy next to me, who I assumed must be my must have been my solicitor. I said, "What do you mean accused of theft?" And he said, "What are you talking about? Haven't you been paying attention for the last three days? You've been arrested. You've been you've been charged with theft." I was like, "What? Theft? Theft of what?" And he said, "Someone is accusing you of stealing biscuits." And at that point, the the um, the judge said. Uh, we have uh, in the dock today Mr. L- Luke Johnson accused of stealing uh, the last biscuit from uh, the biscuit drawer in his office. And I thought, oh my God, really? Um, and uh, and I put my hand up and I said, sorry, can I say something? And he said, Mr. Johnson, do you have something to add here? I said, yeah, I'd just, I'd just like to add something to to the proceedings here um am i being accused of of stealing um stealing a biscuit he said yes that is the charge which is being leveled at you today uh you've been charged of with theft in the first degree and i thought oh my god i can't believe it i never realized that this was such a serious crime i'm not saying whether i did it or not but i'm just saying wow this is amazing i looked around the courtroom and i thought this is amazing this courtroom sure i'm being accused of uh, stealing but still this is amazing look at the look at the environment look at the wig that the judge is wearing doesn't he look amazing i thought to myself wow these people must have worked very hard in their lives to get to this position i really ad- admire people like this for you know their professionalism and their determination um it's really incredible um and I kind of think, how on earth did they, how on earth did they, uh, uh, who who decided to arrest me for stealing a biscuit? I mean, did I miss a meeting? I didn't realise this was a crime. Did everyone get together and sort of agree on a new set of laws for, for the UK? And that biscuit theft was, um, you know, one of the more serious ones, serious crimes? I, I didn't, I missed that. If I had been at that meeting, there's no way I would have agreed with the introduction of some new punitive measures to prevent biscuit theft. I mean, sure, it's a big problem, but there's no need to go overboard, is there? I mean, you know, uh, taking someone to court for taking the last biscuit, I realise it's a serious offence, but this is a bit much, isn't it? I said, look, before we go any further, um, you know, we we could just forget about this, can't we? I mean, like, if I just apologise to whoever it was, who who was it, by the way, who has decided to prosecute me and the judge said well look this is a it's a job of the it's the job of the crown prosecution service to do the prosecuting okay but just in case you wanted to know 
the um the the police were called by a gentleman named Jeffrey Stevens. I thought Jeff, it's bloody Jeff again, isn't it, with his biscuit obsession? Anyway, I thought, look, can I just apologise to Jeff about the biscuit thing? I know how much he uh, loves eating biscuits. Can I just apologise to Jeff and then we can just forget about this? And he said, look, I'm sorry, but you're now in court, okay? Um, if you disagree with the uh, the litigation or the prosecution which is going ahead today, then you can, at a later date, apply to the court for an appeal. And if the uh, judges agree, if the court decides that um, they agree with it, then they might uh, they might approve the appeal. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, in this day and age, we don't really approve of the theft of the last biscuit. This is a very serious offence, Luke. Um, can you just consider what you've done? You And this is not normal, okay, in a, in a court proceeding. You don't normally get the chance to just chat with the judge like this, okay? So if, the, if you've got something, if you would like to argue with someone about this, then I suggest that you take it up privately. But we now have... Uh, a very important trial to to deal with okay um uh i've i've you know you already arrived at the court a little bit late today if this goes any further then i will be obliged to hold you in contempt of court okay and i said look i'm very sorry i didn't mean to cause any uh problems um um i you know i arrived in this city uh, fairly recently. I'm kind of new around here, <laughs> okay? Uh, maybe I just wasn't aware that uh, stealing a biscuit was um, such a serious crime around here. And the judge said, well, I expect in future that before you before you uh, steal the last biscuit in the drawer that you uh, maybe ask someone about it, okay, before you do it. Maybe you could have considered asking someone for the last biscuit. All you needed to say was, I'm sorry, but uh, uh, does anyone mind if I have the last biscuit? You could have said that. And I said to him, look, I believe that in law, uh, you're con- you are generally considered to be innocent until proven guilty. Is that not right? Why are you talking to me as if I actually did this? I've only been accused of it. I haven't actually, uh, it hasn't been proven yet. And the judge said, okay, fair enough. Um, uh, I also believe in the... Uh, I believe in the, 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 that principle that uh, you're innocent until proven guilty. So, okay, fine. Let's continue with the case. And then maybe in the future, uh, this will just belong to all of the common law uh, in this country and it can be used again. Because, I mean, th- this is the first time, I have to admit, uh, Mr. Mr. Johnson, this is the first time that anyone has been uh, brought into um, a Crown Court like this, um, accused of uh, stealing a biscuit. Um, and uh, it's never been done before. There is no precedent in this kind of case. So this is a very important case, and if, uh, you know, depending on which way it goes, it will ultimately belong to all of the case law, which can be used again in the future. So you should feel proud in a way. Well, obviously you feel bad that you've been arrested, but um, you should feel proud to belong to uh, a, a long tradition of legal history. And I said, look, I, you know, of course I do feel very proud and all that, but it's it's not taking anything away from the fact that ultimately this is terrible. I'm in court. I've been accused of theft. I can't believe it. Secretly, I was thinking, I'm going to get that Jeff for this. I can't believe he set me up like this. I blame Jeff for everything. All my troubles, it's all going to be his fault. And I thought, what I'm going to do when I get out of this situation, what I'm going to do, I'm going to borrow uh, a custard pie from from the kitchen 
I'm going to go into the kitchen and say, sorry, do you mind if I just borrow this custard pie from you? I'm going to take that custard pie and I'm going to splat it right in Jeff's face. It's right in his stupid biscuit munching face. I don't care about uh, your, your values about biscuits, Jeff. Biscuits are for everyone. It's not just for you. Okay, I know that you care more about biscuits than you do about your colleagues, but enough is enough, I thought to myself. I thought, I think that probably the best way to deal with this is to bring it up in a meeting at work. And then, you know, I'll invite other people to comment on it. And then uh, on balance, if, uh, if it's considered to be a punishable crime to steal the last biscuit in the drawer, then fair enough. But anyway, all of that's academic now, because here I am in a courtroom about to be tried for um, what apparently is a serious felony crime of uh, stealing the last biscuit in the drawer. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do? I mean, there's not really anything I can do at the moment. I could try and complain to the judge again. You know, I could try and complain to to the judge. I could try and complain to the the, uh, clerk of the court, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. Instead, maybe what I can do is just concentrate on... um, giving evidence in the best way just concentrate on this trial and i'll be able to do it and and my lawyer at this point turned to me and he said luke are you sure about this are you sure that you're able to are you sure that you're going to be able to construct some kind of legal courtroom drama just using all of these verb preposition collocations are you sure that you want to set this entire story in a courtroom um sure the courtroom is a dramatic uh, place for a story to be set but you're making this up off the top of your head. It's not like you're some legal crime writer who spent six months sitting in on legal uh, cases and then used it as the basis for a brilliant uh, crime story. No, you're just making it all up. Um, and I said, look, thanks for the thanks for your comments, but you know, just let me try and concentrate on doing this episode. And then in the end, when it turns out to be an amazing masterpiece, then you'll congratulate me for it. Okay, so let's just see how we go. And um, ultimately, even if the story doesn't make any sense, at least it's going to consist of uh, some useful bits of advice and a a whole list of uh, verb plus preposition collocations. So, you know, that's fine, isn't it? Um, And so the court case uh, continued. And um, um, uh, even Jeff Stevens gave evidence... And the lawyer was saying things like, did you give uh, Mr. Johnson here consent to take the last biscuit in the drawer? And Jeff was like, no, he didn't. Uh, In fact, he didn't even ask me. I didn't have the opportunity to consent to uh, 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 offering the, the last biscuit in the drawer. He took the biscuit without any prior consent at all. He's a thief, a thief, I tell you. To be honest, he made a bit of a fool of himself. Um, I don't think it really contributed to the case very well. I think instead he just made himself look like a a biscuit-crazed madman, um, and it didn't really contribute to the case against me. And and at this point, um, it was my turn to take the stand, to take the witness stand as the defendant in this case. And, And I thought to myself, oh, you know, I hope I can count on my lawyer to do a good job here um and um maybe what he can do is cover the truth with a blanket of lies and then protect me because secretly listeners um secretly let me tell you let me be straight with you okay 
Um, in fact, I did it, okay? I did. I stole the last biscuit in the drawer. I didn't ask anyone's anyone's permission. I just, uh, it was the end of the day, okay? I'd been working hard. I had a cup of tea and I thought, I need a biscuit. I can't just have a cup of tea without a biscuit. So I very slyly and carefully slipped the drawer open and there it was. One uh, chocolate digestive biscuit left in the drawer and I thought, I shouldn't really take it. I shouldn't really, but then I thought, I'm going to do it, okay? I'm just going to decide to do it. So I decided on, at that moment, I decided on uh, a life of crime for myself, okay? And I thought, um, if things go wrong, then at least I'll be able to depend on my lawyer for some support. Um, And in fact, immediately after doing it, I gave him a call. I called him on the telephone and said, hello, Mr. Lawyer. Mr. John Lawyer, can I discuss something with you for a moment? Uh, I just, I've just got something to clarify. I'm not sure about the laws relating to biscuit theft. And he said to me, Luke, have you done something? Is there something you want to tell me? And I was like, no, no, I've got nothing to tell you. I just wanted to clarify something about the law. It's just that I can't distinguish between Article 1.2 and Article 1.3 in the biscuit laws of England and Wales. I just wondered if you could uh, explain it to me. And he said to me, Luke, I never dreamt. Um, And I said to him, you'd never dreamt. Okay, that doesn't really make any sense in this uh, point in the story. And he said, no, well, I just, I was going to use a verb preposition collocation, but it didn't really work. Um, um, And he said to me, Luke, do you ever dream about, um, do you ever dream about uh, biscuits? And I was like, well, of course I do. Everyone does. He said, "All right, that's not really not really working. Um, do you ever dream? Do you ever dream of? Um, do you ever dream of ending up in prison? Do you ever have nightmares about prison, Luke?" And I said, "Well, yeah, I've had a, a few nightmares about prison." And he said, "Really? That's a bit weird. That's not normal thing to dream about." And I said, "Well, I only agreed to that because it helps to progress the story along here. Okay, we're still in this, the D section of this massive list." And he's so let's move it along. And he said, "Okay, yeah, I do dream about prison, but whenever I dream about being in prison, I always manage to escape from the prison." Okay, um, and uh, and he said, "Oh, all right, I see." And then he said, "Anyway, what was it you wanted to ask me about the law? You wanted me to explain some article of the legal code to you." And I and at that point, um, I uh, someone knocked on the door, and I said, "Sorry, can you excuse me for a moment?" Um, and he said, "Yes, certainly, I can excuse you for just ending this conversation. Uh, would you like me to excuse you for just making an extremely weird rambling episode of Luke's English podcast?" And I said, "Yeah, could you? Do you think you could forgive me for doing that?" And he said, "Yeah, of course, I can forgive you for doing that because you're Luke from Luke's English podcast." And so at that point, I thought, right, I need to get rid of the lawyer from this this telephone call. So I put the phone down. I said, right, I've got rid of him. That's enough of that. Um, and um, and in the end, I thought, I wonder how did... Just thinking briefly about the lawyer, I wonder how he managed to graduate from law school because he's an absolute idiot, that guy. Anyway, um, all of this stuff happened to me. Um, it really did. And so, anyway, I was I was left in the in the courtroom thinking, what am I going to do? I hope I'm going to survive. I don't know what kind of punishment this is. I hope that uh, my lawyer's going to help me with this. Um, if the worst comes to the worst, I could always just hide at the back of the court and hope that the whole thing just blows o- uh, over. Maybe I could just hide from everyone. I don't think that would work. I don't think that's really a very good solution to being taken to court. 
just hiding behind the bench at the back of the courtroom and the judge would say so uh well where's where's the defendant um it doesn't seem to be we have no defendant okay uh, case dismissed court adjourned i don't think that's the way it works in legal cases um you can't just hide from from everyone no you certainly can't um they tend to insist on uh, finding you and, um, you know, pursuing the, the court case to its logical conclusion. Um, so, um, yeah, anyway, the at that point, the lawyer said, can I introduce the court to a very interesting witness at this point? And the, and the judge said, certainly. And uh, the the uh, the lawyer said, I would like to invite... Uh, um, um, uh, oh God! <laughs> I'd like to invite uh, uh, Batman to this case, and everyone's like, "What Batman? How's Bat- how does Batman relate to this? How on earth is uh, this lawyer going to introduce Batman into this biscuit-related court case?" And I thought, um, uh, "Why is he introducing? Why is he inviting Batman up to the court? And you know, is Batman really going to exist?" And Batman then arrived in court. Of course, he did. There he was. I'm Batman. That's how he introduced himself. The lawyer said, uh, just for the benefit of the court, um, could you state your name, please? And he said, my name's Batman. And then uh, the lawyer said, okay, and just uh, for the benefits of the, the members of the jury, just tell us what your job is. And he said, I'm, I'm Batman. That's my job. Uh, and the, the lawyer said, could you just also just maybe let us know why it is you're speaking in that weird voice? Well, I'm just... I'm, I'm trying to quit smoking. Um, and, uh, okay, and... Oh, God. <laughs> How am I going to... Uh, keep something for someone. Keep, okay, and uh, so, the the lawyer then said, Now, Mr. Batman, um, is it not true that Mr. Stevens here, uh, because he loves biscuits so much, what he tends to do is he asks he, he asks you to keep the last biscuit for him. He asks you to keep it in... His in your mansion under protection, um, in order to make sure that no one else can eat the biscuit. And the Batman went, "Yeah, that, I, yeah, I guess that's true." And uh, so, and the judge said, "What's your line of questioning here, Mister Lawyer?" And uh, the lawyer said, "Well, um, I'm just saying that um, I think that biscuits matter very highly to to Mister Stevens, maybe a bit too highly. What I'm saying is that he has an unreasonable." Um, level of interest um, over the uh, the protection uh, of the last biscuit in the drawer to an unreasonable level. So what I'm saying is that this uh, uh, this case is uh, really uh, unjustified. In fact, I object entirely to the uh, suggestion, the accusation of theft by my client, Mr. Thompson. And everyone said, Mr. Thompson, who's that? Who are you talking? Oh, Mr. Johnson, sorry, it's a mistake. So I object to this case on all kinds of different grounds. On the grounds that Mr. Stevens has an unnatural interest in protecting the last uh, biscuit in the drawer to the extent to which he's willing to uh, even ask Batman to protect the last draw, the last biscuit in the drawer. Um, and I think that this is this amounts to an unlawful use of vigilante-based superhero justice 
and um, I do not wish to participate in, in these proceedings any further. And I think that it's only natural that Mr. Stevens pay the price for all of the time and cost that's been expended on this case. And Mr. Stevens, if you plan on doing this again, then you will find that uh, uh, we will just ask, well, Spider-Man and maybe the X-Men to come and, and sort you out. So, you know, you might you better pray for your life, Jeff Stevens. So if you prefer to live your life, uh, if you prefer to pick up your broken teeth with a broken arm... Uh, then you could probably continue to use Batman. But beware, because we've got Spider-Man and the X-Men. Um, and at that point, the judge turned to me and said, uh, Mr. Johnson, is there any way that you could perhaps prevent uh, your lawyer from introducing more superhero elements into this story? It's just that it's getting a bit ridiculous. And I said to him, well, you're the judge. You can you can decide. And the judge at that point said, okay, from now on, I prohibit anyone from introducing superheroes into this story, because frankly, it's getting ridiculous. This is a court case, um, and um, we need to be proper, we need to proceed in the normal manner, and getting Batman and Spider-Man and the X-Men involved is just ridiculous, okay? So, um, it's important that uh, we protect the citizens of this country, of course it is, and I understand the role that superheroes play in that action, but seriously, I would also like to protect this court case from the uh, intervention of ridiculous superheroes, okay? So, Mr. Lawyer, could you um, provide us with any further evidence to uh, defend your client? Um, and Mr. Lawyer at that point was going, sorry, I'm just recovering from a, a bit of a heavy night last night. Okay, I, I drank a little bit too much and I've just got a, a bit of a hangover. I'm just recovering from it. And the judge said, okay, that's a bit of unnecessary information. I understand that you're just trying to introduce some preposition collocations into this story. But uh, seriously, don't let the whole fabric of the story break down any more than it already has, okay? I understand that you're relying on your uh, your appreciation of the superhero genre, but this is a court case. This is a crime uh, drama, and so that's what you should be focusing on. And he then turned to me and he said, can I just remind you, uh, Luke, from Luke's English Podcast, that you're supposed to be making uh, useful educational content for people online. It's not just an excuse for you to ramble on about Batman, okay? We all know that your uh, Batman voice is, is quite good. Just do it for us again. I'm Batman. That's very good. Well done. Congratulations. But uh, let me try and just rescue this episode from complete nonsense, okay? So... The, the accusation being levelled at you, Mr. Johnson, is that you stole a biscuit. How do you respond to that accusation? And I just said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I only, I only uh, asked Batman and Superman and Spider-Man and the X-Men to come in because I thought they could save me from this terrible situation. I'm just, to be honest, Mr. Judge, I'm just searching for something to say here. Okay, I'm finding it hard to separate the truth from the fiction. It's hard to separate reality and the world of the superhero in my brain i'm really sorry i'm just getting a bit confused and i don't want to upset my parents because you know my you know if my dad my mum and dad find out that i've been taken to court then when i get home they're going to scold me for it and they'll say luke what have you been doing didn't we raise you properly didn't we raise you to a not steal other people's biscuits and b not um, bring superheroes into courtroom dramas didn't you know that? And the judge looked at me with sympathy and he smiled at me. He smiled at me for 
making such an honest, uh, sincere statement. And he said to me, look, I'm going to speak to some of the other judges about this and we'll see what we can do. And I looked over at Jeff Stevens and he was staring at the judge, staring at him, just looking at him like, what on earth is this judge saying? And he, and, um, and I thought, oh my God, Jeff's going to try and stop the judge from saving me, isn't he? And, um, and, uh, and, and, and at that point, uh, the lawyer came to my defence and he looked at Jeff and he said, Mr. Stevens, um, do you subscribe to any legal journals? And Jeff was like, no, I don't. Um, and he said, well, um, if you did subscribe to uh, various legal journals, then you would know that accusing someone of the theft of a biscuit is admittedly um, legal, but in informal legal circles, it's considered to be one of the lowest uh, uh, one of the lowest accusations that you can level at a person. Of course, we we understand that uh, it's important to uh, you know uh, protect the last biscuit in the drawer if that's the case, but um, taking someone to court and then. Uh, using Batman as some kind of vigilante uh, 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 kind of crime-fighting um, weirdo to help you, it's just ridiculous. Do you not think that you're maybe trying to substitute um, Batman for a lack of uh, friendship in your life? And I thought to myself, that's a bit of a low blow, isn't it? Having a go at Jeff's personal life... Um, this is getting a bit d- sort of down and dirty, isn't it now? Um, I hope that all my listeners are able to keep up with this ridiculous attempt at a courtroom drama. Um, and uh, I hope this isn't subtracting from your general listening enjoyment of, of uh, another episode of the podcast. And I sincerely hope that I'm going to manage to succeed in presenting lots of uh, preposition uh, and, uh, verb preposition collocations here and I hope that this episode isn't suffering from just a general sense of weirdness and uh, randomness and I hope that my listeners are going to be able to take advantage of this listening resource as a way of learning their in- uh, learning more English uh, because ultimately that's my aim and this is what I was saying in the courtroom as one final speech to try and defend myself. I was saying, I hope that you understand that all I'm trying to do is take care of people who are learning English. I'm just there to protect them, to protect their interests. I know that Jeff Stevens, all you care about is a single biscuit, and you're you're even willing to ask Batman to help you out, as if he hasn't got more important things to be doing, like taking care of the citizens of Gotham City and that kind of thing. I'm here looking after the interests of people around the world who are learning English. I'm here to take care of them. Okay, so that they can then go on to talk to each other effectively. They can talk to each other about all kinds of topics. Okay, and um, maybe Jeff Stevens, maybe what you should be doing is trying to is trying to thank me for doing that rather than taking me to court. Maybe what you should do is maybe buy me a, a pack of biscuits, Jeff, instead of taking me to court, accusing me of theft of the last biscuit. Maybe you're being a bit selfish. Maybe you should have travelled down to the supermarket and picked up a few packs of uh, chocolate digestives. Maybe it's the least thing that you could do. I noticed as well that when I was um, nominated for the Macmillan Dictionary Award for Best Blog this year, that you didn't vote for me. Thanks very much. I really appreciate that. It's nice to know that the people I work with uh, just refuse to vouch for me. Um, And um, maybe if you could just wait for... um, 
me to to give my excuses, then then this would um, this we wouldn't have to waste the taxpayers' money by going through a whole court process. Okay, I understand that you're just wishing. Um, I understand that you're wishing for me to just be locked up so that you never have to worry about me eating your biscuits again. But really, Jeff, we just work for the same company. We're colleagues. We should look out for each other, don't you think? And at this point, I noticed that there was a tear, a single tear rolling down Jeff Stevens' face. And I knew that I'd got through to him. I knew that he understood what I was saying, and that he'd regretted taking me to court, accusing me of biscuit theft. And he looked over at me and he said, Luke, I'm, I'm really sorry. Come here. And I went over to Jeff and I said, look, Jeff, I'm, I forgive you. Okay, I forgive you for accusing me. You know what, Jeff? I'm going to admit it. I stole the last biscuit. Okay, I'm putting my hands up. I took the biscuit. I was hungry. I had a cup of tea. I needed some kind of sugary oatmeal chocolate snack. And I went for the biscuit. Okay, so please forgive me for doing it. And Jeff said, Luke, I forgive you. And I'm sorry about all this. Let's, let's put our differences aside. Let's make friends again. And we gave each other a hug and patted each other on the back. And from that day forwards, everything was okay. And then I realised that I was still asleep. And in fact, the whole thing had just been a dream. Okay, that's the end of that story, which is, that's always the most cop-out ending, isn't it, of a story? When you don't know how to end a story and you just say, and in the end, it was all just a dream. What a cop-out. But nevertheless, I managed to do it, didn't I? I managed to go through all of those um, verb preposition uh, collocations. Let me just very quickly go through the list um, and I'll just read them out. So we've got to accuse someone of doing something. See if you can get the preposition right. I'm going to pause before I say the preposition. See if you can get it right. So to accuse someone of doing something, to add something to something, for example, to add something to a list, to admire someone for doing something, to agree on a topic, to agree with someone, to apologise to someone for doing something, to apply to a place for something, for example, to apply to a university, to approve of something, to argue with someone about something, to arrive at a building, to arrive in a city, to ask someone about something, to ask someone for something, like, can you give me that, uh, can you give me that biscuit, please? He asked him for the biscuit. To believe in something, to belong to someone, so that biscuit belongs to me, for example. To blame someone for doing something, to borrow something from someone, to care about something, to comment on something, to compare something to something else, or to compare something with something else, to complain to someone about something, to concentrate on something, to congratulate someone for doing something, or to congratulate someone on doing something, to consist of, uh, consist of this, like a hamburger consists of bread and a burger and some salad and lots of calories, uh, to consent to doing something, to contribute to doing something, to count on someone to do something. Can I count on you to, uh, can I count on you to make sure that we never run out of biscuits ever again? 
uh, to cover something with something, right? To decide on something, to depend on someone for something, to discuss something with someone, to distinguish something from something else, to dream about something or to dream of something or someone, to escape from somewhere, to explain something to someone, to excuse someone for doing something, to forgive someone for doing something, to get rid of something, to graduate from university, to happen to someone. You know, why do these things always happen to me? Help someone with something, hide something from someone. Oh, I, in my story, I hid from everyone in the courtroom, but you could also hide something from someone. Like, Jeff, why didn't you, if you like having the last biscuit so much, why didn't you just hide it from everyone? To insist on something, to introduce someone to someone else, to invite someone to an inv- to an event, um, to keep something for someone, like he always keeps the biscuits for himself, uh, to matter to someone, it really matters to me, to object to something, to participate in something, to pay a price for something, to plan on doing something, to pray for something, to prefer something to something else, to prevent someone from doing something, to prohibit someone from doing something, to protect someone from something, to provide someone with something, to recover from something, to rely on something or someone, to remind someone of something. You really remind me of someone. Did I use that phrase? Did I use that one? I think I did. I don't know how, I I don't remember how I used it. To rescue someone from something, to respond to someone, to save someone from something, to search for something, to separate something from something else, to scold someone for doing something. By the way, to scold someone means to tell someone off. Like if your parents discover that you cheated in an exam, when you get home, they all say, I can't believe that you cheated in the exam. You're a disappointment to me. You're a disappointment to your father. You're a disappointment to yourself. That's to scold someone, to tell someone off. Uh, To smile at someone. Why? For doing something. To speak to someone about something. To stare at something or someone to stop someone from doing something, to subscribe to something, for example, to subscribe to Luke's English Podcast, Uh, to substitute something for something else, to subtract something from something else, to succeed in doing something, uh, to suffer from something, uh, to take advantage of someone or something or a situation, to take care of someone or something, to talk to or talk with someone about something, to thank someone for doing something, to travel to a place, to vote for, vouch for, to wait for and to wish for and work for as well. 
okay, there's clearly not enough time for me to do adjectives and prepositions and to do uh, nouns and preposition collocations in this episode too. Uh, So that's going to have to wait until a later episode, the next one in this series. Um, And uh, I hope you didn't find my story too ridiculous, but um, obviously I was just making it all up off the top of my head. Um, I must do better next time. Uh, Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. If you you think that um, it's worth it, then you could donate a little bit of money, maybe just to help me to buy some biscuits. Okay, that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much again for listening, and I will speak to you again very soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.